The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight's special guest argues that the human species is at a tipping point when it is forced to choose between a New World Order fascist government committed to rapid depopulation or a world of peace and justice. He demonstrates that God is alive, well and everywhere, and that humanity's choice is between the dark and the light. To follow the light means giving up atomic weapons, replacing the oil economy with clean zero-point energy developed by Americans in the 1960s and more. Greetings from your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. Tonight's special guest is the Honorable Paul Hellier, former Minister of National Defense for Canada and one of Canada's most controversial politicians. Mr. Hellier was Canada's youngest member of Parliament when he was first elected in 1949 and the youngest cabinet minister appointed to Louis S. St. Laurent's government eight years later. In recent years, he has become interested in the extraterrestrial presence and the superior technology that we have been emulating. In September 2005, he became the first person of cabinet rank in the G8 group of countries to state unequivocally, quote, UFOs are as real as the airplanes flying overhead, unquote. And we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. And directly from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I would like to welcome the Honorable Paul Hellier. Hello, Paul, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Thank you. It's great to be back. It's great. I will say this with the utmost respect. Our last interview was in 2011, when you were at the tender age of 88, Paul. You are now 95, and you seem to sharper and busier than ever. And I hope you can agree right now that we have to celebrate in the future your 100th birthday here. Well, I don't know about that. It's, it might interest you and uh, your listeners that uh, next month I celebrate the 70th anniversary of my graduation from college and the 7th anniversary of my first election on June the 27th, 1949. That's just incredible. And Paul, we haven't talked in nine years. I just finished reading your latest book. But why don't you just give us some summary of what has happened in the nine years. Tell us what you've gained in research, some of the contributions you've given to to the disclosure movement. Tell us more. Well, in the last nine years, I have uh, researched and uh, studied and been interviewing people and uh, have been interviewed and have done all sorts of things. And uh, more recently, the last eight years, I have written three books Actually, uh, the last one was my 15th, and my wife says will be my final book. We'll see. I think she's right about that. Um, but I wrote three books in what has now become a trilogy. The first one was eight years ago called Light at the End of the Tunnel, 
and survival plan for the human species. And when I wrote that, Mel, I thought it was my last book for sure, because I said uh, just about everything I wanted to say. And I really didn't think there was going to be need uh, for any further books. It was a good book and it's still selling. But uh, four years later, I had learned so much in the intervening four years and so much that was important, not just to a few people, but to all of the people of the United States and all of the people of the world. And I said, hey, I have got to write another book. So I wrote The Money Mafia, A World in Crisis. It has become something of a, a classic. It too is still selling well, which for which I am very grateful. And I certainly thought that was the end. Well, then in the next four years, I found out a few things, including, as you would know from reading my latest book about the origin of the cosmos and uh, some of the things that are happening that uh, are relevant to the future of ourselves and uh, our planet and, uh, and so on. And um, I didn't know what to do with it because there wasn't really enough for a book just uh, a few ideas. We're going to take a few chapters. So um, a friend, a former member of parliament, actually from the other side of the house, but a, a good friend, um, said, why don't you write your memoirs? And he's been goading me for years to do that. And so I thought, well, maybe I could write my memoirs in brief, because it is in brief, and then tack on the last few chapters those new things which uh, I think should be said and which I would like to say. So that is what happened. And the book is called Hope Restored. It's an autobiography, but it covers a lot of territory. The first 20 years cover all the period from my early days on the ginseng farm where I was raised right through until the end of my political career in 2000 and. Uh, 2000 and what year four 2004 and then uh, what I have learned since then and uh, so I put it all together in, in a new book because I think the situation is really desperate something has got to be done and uh, done very soon and um, so I had to make my small contribution to spread the word because there's so many people that still haven't a clue what's been going on these last 70 years that we have to have far more disclosure and more people working at it, more books, more shows, and all that sort of thing. And then uh, hope that once more people understand that they will say to their legislators, we want some action. We Politicians talk too much and they don't do enough. And they seem to be spending a lot of time quarreling and so on when the, these uh, huge, huge monumental uh, issues facing the future of the planet are not yet resolved and have to be resolved. So why don't you uh, get together, set up a bipartisan committee and, uh, and provide an amnesty from the, for the National Security Act one that uh, President Truman put in place to uh, keep uh, under wraps what was going on in those early days in the late 40s, early 50s, and ever since, apparently. 
and um, and let people talk and let them tell the United States taxpayers and the Congress and the former presidents what has been going on since 1947 and why there has been so much secrecy and so little truth made public and uh, what it means and where we go from here. And there are, as you know, there are dozens of, when I say whistleblowers, I really mean uh, truth tellers or potential truth tellers who would like to say what they've been doing and what they think uh, it means as far as the United States is concerned and the world, and uh, don't dare do so because the penalties under the NSA are just too are too great. They have too great a cost for them and their families. So I think this is what we have to do is get a lot of people, especially the young people, to get in touch with their legislators and say, we want you to set up the, the committee. We want you to find out what's been going on. And then we want you to act based on what you learn when you find out what's been going on. And if we can do that, then Americans can reclaim the control of their country and they can start making the changes that have to be made so that we can continue with a democratic system and government of, by, and for the people and avoid the present uh, what plan, I guess, is the best way of putting it, of a very few people, of having just the opposite, which is a, a fascist, uh, unelected state for most of the world, or all of it, if they could get away with it, and uh, for, uh, by, and for the benefit of probably one-tenth of one percent of the people in the world. And they just happen to be the one-tenth of one percent who need help least and who should be taking the opposite point of view and trying to help uh, the majority of people in the world who are uh, barely eking out a living and some of them don't have enough money in the bank to uh, cover their next mortgage payment. So that's sort of a background of uh, where I've been going and uh, where I am at the present time. And before we begin, let me just, uh, speaking of disclosure, let me disclose just a, a quick story to, to break the ice, if you will. I, a few years ago, I was walking with my family in Miami Beach, and uh, it was a hot day, and we decided to get inside the lobby of a hotel. Inside the lobby, there were a lot of people congregated in front of a TV, paying attention to what was being said. And it was, to my surprise, it was not sports. So I pushed my way through to see what was going on, and to my surprise, it was you on the TV during the citizen hearing in Washington, the one organized by our friend, Stephen Bassett. So everyone is mesmerized listening to you, Canada's former Minister of National Defense. So I'm looking around me, the multitude of people, and I was ready to say, hey, I know him. I interviewed him and I had dinner with his, he and his wife not too long ago. And my wife looked at me and said, don't say anything. No one is going to believe you. So I thought that was a funny story to tell Paul. Well, you've just opened up um, uh, an avenue, I think, for me. That was a, that was a great uh, operation that Steve undertook. He was blessed by the fact that an American, no, a Canadian oil baron, uh, staked him for a million dollars to get uh, six former um, members of Congress, and I think one senator, former senator, 
to act as a, um, a mock panel to listen to witnesses because there wasn't one of the six that knew what a UFO was or had any comprehension of really what was going on in the world. And so he, um, he got together these six people. I, he had to pay them a little bit, I guess, for their efforts. And then he got 40 witnesses. And they um, included some of the best ufologists in the, uh, in the country and elsewhere. And uh, some former pilots, some former United States Air Force people, and um, a lot of very knowledgeable people in these areas that are so important. And uh, brought them to Washington. And we started on a Monday with six unbelievers. And it took us until Friday afternoon when I spoke to convince the last one of the six. And that shows you, in short, what the situation was in Congress, that all of these things were going on, including not only the fact that UFOs were real and that ETs were real, but that the United States government knew about it, that the United States Armed Forces were working with some of the some of the ETs from several sources, and that uh, they had spent 70 years back engineering uh, the technology for flying saucers, and that they had achieved miracles in that area and had, in fact, uh, put together a, a space force with uh, tremendous uh, capabilities. And none of these people knew it, and they were the ones who, under the law and under the Constitution, were supposed to be responsible for the money that was being spent. They didn't, they didn't have a clue. They were just, you know, as if they were living in another world. Well, their world was the other world. It was the world of, well, of naivety, I guess is the, word of, the way to put it. And they had believed the lies that had been told them during those uh, many years. And they hadn't pressed to uh, to get the truth. And so um, we've got a situation where no Congress yet has really been in the loop. They haven't known what's going on, been going on. They haven't been able to exercise their constitutional responsibilities to control the uh, the expenditures of the country, the taxpayers' expenditures, and no uh, president during that period has ever been allowed to go to Nevada and uh, Arizona, those areas, and inspect and see and really understand what's been going on there and what progress has been made and uh, just what a fantastic uh, operation it is and has been for decades and how many thousands of people are involved and how many vehicles have been produced and uh, their capabilities and uh, and all of this thing sort of thing has been in the pure dark because the so-called uh, uh, shadow government of the United States otherwise known as an alternate government um, had just kept them that way, kept them in the dark all of this time. And so uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, quote. I can't remember verbatim from uh, the late Senator Anui of uh, Hawaii. Oh, of course. 
Did you remember verbatim? Not verbatim, but I remember he said that we have a government within the government with its own laws, its own military. I mean, I, I can find it really quickly. Well, it's, it's, it, he said that they, they had their own Navy, their own Army, their own Air Force, their own means of raising money, their own ideas about the national security and their own ideas about the law and they operated outside the law. And that's a terrible indictment. And then, of course, this was uh, verified later. I think uh, Stephen Greer quoted um, uh, from uh, President Clinton that he had been asked by, uh, uh, what was her name, uh, Sarah McClendon, one of the regulars in the press gallery there, why he hadn't made public the information about uh, UFOs and ETs. And I can remember his quote verbatim, I think it was, Sarah, there is a government within the government, and I don't control it. End of quote. Now, can you imagine the man with allegedly his finger on the nuclear button has no idea what the troops under his command have been doing and are doing? And this is not democracy. This is just the opposite. And this is the reason we've got to get the truth out and why Americans have to take back control of their country. And here's the exact quote, folks. There exists a shadowy government with its own Air Force, its own Navy, its own fundraising mechanism, and the ability to pursue its own ideas of national interest, free from all checks and balances and free from the law itself. Which brings me to a next question, Paul. You remember the former Secretary of Defense, Rumsfeld, September the 10th, 2001, when he appeared in front of Congress to say that the Pentagon had lost $2.3 trillion. I believe some of the elected officials that were at the citizen hearing in Washington with you were in government at the time. Are we too... Are we to consider that perhaps some of that money went to black up ops uh, in, in, in black projects that pertain to a secret space program? I would say not only are we entitled to assume that, I would say that all of it probably did and more, which would have come from sources unknown. They spent far more money than anybody has any record of. Where they got it, we still don't know. Could have been from the Fed. Because the Fed um, represents the people who are members of the cabal, and it's never been properly uh, audited. And the latest figures, and I'm sure you've heard them, uh, going around Washington, is that there are $21 trillion missing. That's trillion. Not 2.1, not 21 billion, but $21 trillion have been spent. That was unaccounted for. I've heard Catherine Austin Fitz mentioned that figure too. So um, we've. This is the reason I keep underlining the fact they have to have a good look, bipartisan look. These are not partisan issues. These are issues affecting all the people. They are nonpartisan issues, and the two parties have to set up a, a committee and seek the truth. Because it's only the truth that can possibly set us free at this stage. It's a biblical term, as I recall. 
and it's the only way to go. And the sooner we get at it, the better. And I guess the only positive thing I was. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.